Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Phil Bennett, you love the segments, you love the passion, and also the open book that they are with their opinions. And Phil Bennett joins us now on 365 Sports. What do you want to start with him, Paul? You want to start with I, I, the college football look, playoff? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him this. Look, uh... I watched a team he was coaching on win a bowl game handily without any quarterbacks on it. And uh, my team uh, is left out of the playoff when they're going to be on their second string quarterback. And that's the reason given. Uh, Coach, how do you feel about a one player being injured as the justification to keep an undefeated team out of the playoff? The thing that, that bothers me about all of it uh, did you guys happen to hear Danny Cannell today? Uh, no. He, no. He, he made a profound statement, which is true. He said, let's, let's call this what it is. He said, this is not a playoff. He said, this is an invitational to go to the playoff. Hmm. And he says, you have to have an invitation to go to the playoff. And the rules have been changed almost weekly, you know, when you have an injury. Now, Paul, I don't think there's any question that Florida State is not the team, uh, and I think you would agree with this oh, without yeah. Travis. Uh, and so if the, if the protocol is saying, at the moment, who are the best four teams, if it has to be in that realm, not conference championship, not undefeated, but in the realm of who are the best four teams, I think they got it right. Now, I'm not sure that's the way it was written. Uh, and I think that there's a lot to what you just said. It would be like us. You're right. You know, we People don't realize that, but in 15, we lost the Sugar Bowl because we didn't have a quarterback. And, and it, it, was, it was hard. It, it was tough. And, and I, I feel for them. And I just, I just don't think, uh, I don't think the people realize the other thing they talked about, and it's true. And I want your opinion on this. Do you truly think that they were going to leave Alabama out of it, and the SEC would would get uh, no representation? Into, I mean, they can say what they want to. Conferences don't matter. That's not true. And so, 
let's say my question is, let's say that Travis would have stayed healthy. They would have stayed on top. Who would have got screwed? Alabama or Texas? Well, see, then it wouldn't have been. (laughs) In that scenario, um, when taking away the excuse for Travis, right? So that one's out. So they can't really, you know, say that because they've got, you know, and Florida State's numbers would have backed up, you know, with the offense and everything they had. Then they do to Texas what they did to you in 2014. Right. 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 And, and and think about this. People have brought this up. Dave, and I'm not sure Cardell Jones was a third-string quarterback. Some people said he was. But, but they ended up, you know, playing and winning the national championship with a third-string quarterback. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's not fair, but uh, as we all know, it, it's just there's not uh, – there's too many – too much room for error. And it's very unfortunate that a group of kids did an unbelievable job, had a great season, and a fan base that's rabid that just is not going to get to celebrate it. Yeah, I think uh, Alabama going and winning the title would be like the best bet for ESPN uh, at this point. Be like, see, we, we got the right team, and that's what happened with Ohio State when they let them in there. But, Phil, from your point of view – and knowing how college football set up these days, if you had your preference, the committee came to you or the powers that be and said, how would you construct the postseason? How would you construct the postseason? If you remember, the BCS computers what was one of that deal. I would do more of a combination of that, and I would make it a point. You know, uh, end of the season, best teams. And, and you know, Obviously, Craig, you would have to go head-to-head means something. I don't care when it was. And, and you could go down, and I think that, that you're going to have the same issues with 12 as you had with four at some point. There's, you know, 13, 14, 15 are going to feel they got left, at, mm-hmm. left out for some reason. I, I, I just don't, you know, my answer has always been what one AA does. Let's truly have a playoff. You know, it might take a little bit longer, but but if you had a playoff, it, it, it truly would determine who the national championship is. And, and they've been doing it for years and years, and they're good at it. One of the things about the way that they do that is that, yes, conference champions get in. There are some at large, but it, it, and there's, that will be the argument about who gets in or not, but at least you have multiple games that you have to play to get not just two games, and pretty soon we're going to see teams having to play, what, maybe three or four or whatever it is, but multiple games that you have to kind of fight your way through that that system or that bracket. Well, think about high school in Texas. I think it's right, 15 or 16 games. So, I mean, if you win, you're in. You have to win six games to win a state championship after your season, yeah. After your season. So, so that's the challenge. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the big knock of not doing this at the highest level, some people say, you know, it's, it's injuries. No, it's not. It's bowl ties. It's television. You know, what bowls are you going to get left out? Uh, th- that's the big deal. And, and they would really have to work to get a plan together 
to say, all right, this this, this playoff would be this bowl, that bowl. The minor bowls and ESPN uh, bowl package would be left out of it. So uh, yeah, that's the, the, been the reason. Yeah, the lobbyists are not going to let that happen. You're right. No, man. they're not going to let it happen. Yeah. And as I said, let's just imagine what would have they have done Saturday night had had Florida State had their quarterback and beat the stuffing out of Louisville, Louisville with that defense and with their quarterback and Alabama beating uh, <laughs> Georgia and Texas winning, what would they have done? Mm. Who would y'all say would have got left out? Can you? Who do you? Go ahead, Paul and Craig. Craig. I think Alabama would have got left out because I think under that scenario, that's the one scenario where they absolutely had no reason to allow Alabama in because of the head-to-head, because of FSU being fully complete. I think they just so happened to get the perfect outcome this weekend to be able to make the decision that they made. (laughs) That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was. uh, You know, here in Aggieland, I mean. Mm. They are beside themselves, you know, <laughs> you know, that, that, of course, you know, you know, they don't like Texas and it's just, I mean, it is a stick in the eye for them. Phil, I'm curious when you watch Phil, it, can you just tell Paul, you love him a lot. It would help uh, help him a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I do feel for you. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that I, even after 14, after we beat Kansas State, who we knew was a good team, and we had lost one game to, to uh, West Virginia, and regardless of what you say, we did beat TCU, and, and we beat them not only on the scoreboard, we beat them statistically everywhere you could beat them. And, and if you looked at that game statistically, it wasn't even close, uh, other than the score. <laughs> and with that said, we get we get left out, and and you know Ohio State with a backup quarterback. Yeah. You know uh, how far did they jump? Four slots, isn't that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, you were what five or six? Ohio State was behind you, and TCU was three, won by about fifty, and dropped behind you. Right. Yeah. Did, I, I think TCU was ahead of us, though, weren't they? Yeah, they, or yeah, not? Yeah, they, they were. were. They were like three. I think you might have been five or whatever. They beat right. the hell out of somebody, and and then they not only dropped out of the four, they dropped behind you, and you didn't play that weekend. I don't think. Yeah, they, and, and and uh, they had beat. I think they beat Iowa State. That yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, they they didn't play, and you guys did. But um, but yeah, that's right. it, it's. That's right. Okay, when you watch a game like Florida State and Louisville, you know, I know everybody likes offensive football. From a defensive coordinator standpoint, some of that had to be uh, like like watching a rock concert to you, right? I, I, there was two games that I really, really enjoyed. I thought uh, Florida State's defense was outstanding, and I thought SMU's defense was outstanding. I mean, they were both, you know, that that saying defense wins championships, I mean that's true. You know, I always laugh. I tell people as, as juggernaut as we were offensively at Baylor in thirteen, our TCU game back to back weekends, we won that championship by 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 playing defense against TCU and Texas. I think we scored. I think we had scored. You can check this. We had three touchdowns, interceptions to beat TCU there. At halftime of the of the Texas game in that bad weather, I think we were ahead six to three, 
and we played lights out defense. And that's what you know. That's what both of those teams did. Coach, I know there's still a month until the actual playoff gets underway, but I'm sitting here and I think I'm picking Texas to win the whole dadgum thing. Um, not so much asking you for your pick, but what did you think of the Longhorns on Saturday against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game? And just what do you think of them as an, an all-around team heading into this four-team playoff? As we've talked all year, um, Craig, I, we've, I've sort of made my feelings known. Uh, I think Texas with when once they got their quarterback back, I, I think through the Houston game and when they were starting the younger kids, <clears throat> I don't think they had the rhythm. And I thought their defense really showed up. I, I think what they've done defensively has been outstanding. Their D line is really good. Their linebackers are good. Uh, and and now that you've got their quarterback back, and you know they've lost their best running back. And, and their receivers are dangerous. I, I think they're a team that, that can really do some damage and, and potentially win this thing. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. They better get ready. That game watching one of the defenses I didn't like watching last week was Oregon. Oregon wouldn't get out of man coverage, and Washington did a number on them with short motions to the boundary, picks, rubs, all those different things. Uh, I think Texas, you know, last year struggled with Washington in, in the uh, Bowl game. Uh, San Antonio Bowl and Alamo Bowl. So that could be a closer game than, than people really realize. Uh, and I think this, I think people also, you know, talk about Alabama always beating us. You know, I remember Alabama losing to Ohio State uh, when Urban was there, losing to, to, to uh, Clemson. So, they're definitely beatable, but they are getting better and better. It's going to be interesting to see if Michigan can, can do the things that they've done all year on both sides of the ball to a team like Alabama. Coach, uh, you're good. You know him well. Mike Blush, he was at UNT. He was at Tulsa, Houston. Coached at Temple High School with Mike Spradlin, among others. And he now is the offensive coordinator, I believe, at Cal, replacing Jake Spavital. Your thoughts about Blesch, who was the offensive line coach there, and also today Jake Spavital was introduced at Baylor. You know, I think that the first thing, I work with Mike, uh, and I've told everybody that, that I've worked with, I knew that, that he had a future. Uh, he has all the it factors, uh, smart, uh, doesn't overthink things, a great teacher, uh, is a grinder, but yet realizes does a great job with the players. Uh, I, I think Wilcox really made a good call. I think that, that Jake and him went into a tough situation and really did a bang-up job. They were, they were double trouble on, deep, on offense, and they go in there and put a package together. I was fortunate enough to go watch them practice a couple of times in, uh, this summer during camp, and I could tell that between them that they were building something better, and they were really did a good job, and I think both of them have benefited. You know, Jake got to come back to Texas, and, of course, uh, Bleshy gets to be the coordinator there, and I, I think they'll both do well. What is what Spavitol, he was talking about today, that you don't have to be perfect in the offense that he's going to run, where we saw high school teams in Texas 20 years ago 
with guys that you didn't think were like probably big enough or fast enough becoming just giants with the spread or the wide open, like throwing the, uh, the fade down the sidelines. What does he mean by that? And is that going to be something that's easy to kind of get your personnel to fit it with what you have or don't have now? I think what he means, if you watched Oklahoma this year, think about this. Who was their best receiver? It was number 12. I yeah, mean, Drake Stoops, would you yeah. ever think that, that, that Drake Stoops mm. would be the, <clears throat> the prime receiver at OU? I mean, honestly, this, that kid was a ball player, and because of spacing and what he does and the way they distribute the ball, I think that, that that's what he's talking about. Now, don't get me wrong. He's going to have a guy that can stretch the field vertically also but but i i think that's what i'm not speaking for jake but but i think that's what he means by by distributing the ball and, and being able like they did at cal to have a, a good run game uh not just a, a stretch game i mean they they have three things they do they're gonna run inside zone outside zone and, and what we call gap play with pulls and counters and and i think that that he will make it simple, but he will get the ball in the hands of the kids that can make the play. Coach, uh, how much experience or how much do you know uh, Willie Fritz and your thoughts on Houston going with him as their next head coach? I think Willie's a really good coach. And, and you know, I, I talk m many times about our 2012 season at Baylor. We played – Willie Fritz was the head coach at Sam Houston, and they had a kid named Flanders. They were really oh, good, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and and people and I've I've always owned up to it. It was the week before that uh, catastrophe in, in West Virginia, but we end up losing Mike Hicks. We lose all these different guys. <clears throat> I think three guys in the secondary. So I'm I've moved some guys around. I put Chase. Uh, uh, I can't remember his last name at, at safety. Did a, I always tell Willie, I said, you led me to the worst game I've ever coached in and the lousiest job I ever did because we were so afraid of they were doing at the time. He was running triple option and we played a bang up game, but it was so physical. We lost those three guys. And the next week was our, was our um, 73, whatever the score was, was, with Harris and them at West Virginia. But I think he's awesome. I think he, he adjusts to the game. Uh, he doesn't do the option anymore. And he's, he is a great special team guy. And I think he evaluates talent well. Phil, I'm going to bring up uh, uh, one of the great games I know that didn't end the way you guys wanted, kind of like TCU 61-58 for Patterson. But the game with West Virginia, he was on that staff, I believe, with Dana. Um, and, and he was asked Spavitol about that. that. Yeah, Stav Jake Spavital was on that game, and he was talking about uh, he just like how he if you would have been a defensive coach, you just you just couldn't get over that for quite some time. And the next year, you guys crushed them at Waco. Do you still yeah. think about seventy to sixty three very often? You you know, first of all, you got to own it. What, what happened? I look at I told the kids, and and I was honest with them uh, when we. In the secondary, when I saw how hot Gino was, and they had some players, mm. uh, I forget, 
Stedman somebody, and they Bailey. had the little Bailey, yeah, and they were uh, Tavon we Austin, some, yeah, yeah, Tavon Austin, and they were hot, but but I did a very poor job of not saying, hey, I quit pressuring because I didn't think we could cover, and it was a mistake. It was a it, it was a fatal mistake, and you own it. It was a, a deal that, and then once it happened, we couldn't, I couldn't, we couldn't get out of it. And, and as I tell people, you know, as many years I've done it, if you've done it very long and you haven't had a game like that, you're a liar because it's just part of the process. I didn't like it, but the thing I did like, you know, we had another game. We, we went uh, we went four games there. I think Texas beat us, put 50 on us. We weren't very good. And we were trying to find out by the end of the year we had regrouped, and I told the staff this. I said, it's not on them. We've got to get them back right. And we had a – I think you can check this. I think we won five games in a row to go and then won the bowl game against UCLA. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. After that. And, and I tell people, I felt me personally that I grew more as a coach that year than any time in my career. Because you have a tendency to say, oh, man, it's his fault, this guy's fault, this guy's fault. Hey, I was in charge. It was my fault. And, and you had to, I owned it. We reevaluated what we could do, how we could do it. We got those kids back. And I'm going to tell you what happened. The kids that played when the other kids were hurt gave us depth. They got better. We, we were able to do a couple more packages. And, and, and at the end of the year, I think I told you in San Diego, We'll win the Big 12 next year. Did I not? You did. You did, and you beat the hell On out of UCLA butt. and also had the goal line stand against K-State yeah. and more. Phil, if you don't mind, I know that it's kind of an off-week Army-Navy coming up. Uh, can you kind of, as dependent on the holidays, stay with us until, through the uh, championship week? Absolutely. Can't sure wait. Will. People love to have your segment and listen to it. Thank you very much. Phil Bennett with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.